This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sport of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Chris Samsa, and this is your New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 30 Night 10 Preview. The B Block of G1 Climax 30 returns to action on October 6th in the first of two G1 events from Hiroshima Sun Plaza Hall. This card will be the second of four in a row for this year's G1 roster as part of the toughest stretch of the tournament. The B-Block is truly wide open. As we enter this set of matches, seven of the ten competitors are within two points of the top of the block. This will be the first B-Block card of this year's tournament that doesn't include Tetsuya Naito in the main event, as he drops to the semi-main event against Tsuyoshi Hashi, deferring the top billing of the evening to Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kenta, as they each look to improve upon their 2-2 records thus far in the tournament. Further down the card, we'll see... One of the current frontrunners, Juice Robinson, attempt to gain his first career victory over recent IWGP heavyweight champion, Evil. Third from the bottom, Zack Sabre Jr. and Sonata will face off in a Wrestle Kingdom 14 rematch. And don't blink during the first block match of the night, Toriyano and Hiroki Goto will step between the ropes to continue their series of matches that end nearly immediately after the starting bell. You can find my complete statistical breakdown for every competitor of this year's G1 Climax at VoicesOfWrestling.com. I have interactive, sortable tables for New Japan's 2020, detailed results and statistics of all 1,505 G1 Climax matches to date, and this year's tournament at SportOfProWrestling.com. And you can let me know what you find when you drill down that data by dropping me a line on Twitter at TheChrisSampsa. So like I said, this card will come to us from October 6th, 2020 from Hiroshima Sun Plaza Hall. The time it will begin will be 6.30 JST, so that's 4.30 a.m. my time here in Chicago, uh, 3.30 out in Denver, and let's give Joel Abraham a 4.30 p.m. in Bangkok. You can watch live or on demand on NJPW World. And if you're using NJPW World, you're really missing out if you're not using NJPWEXT. NJPWEXT is the only browser extension for NJPWWorld.com. With features like synchronized viewing parties, dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, and much, much more, it takes NJPW World to the next level. Visit NJPWEXT.us today. For details. So before we get into this B block card, we've now crossed the halfway point of the G1 Climax tournament, and I think that this would be an appropriate time to start taking a look at the unofficial C block. So the unofficial C block is three young lions, and they've been opening each of these cards uh, with just a singles match between them and the three young lions are Yota Suji, Yuya Uemura, and Gabriel Kidd. And by my math, by my calculations, with three guys uh, competing on 18 cards in one-on-one matches, they'll each compete in 12 matches. So we can treat this like a like a 
series of round robin blocks, basically, because each of these wrestlers, so each wrestler will face the other two wrestlers, I believe, six times throughout the course of this tournament. So it becomes a really fair and even and balanced schedule. So we can assign points to the matches the same way that we would in the G1. Two points for a win, one point for a draw, and no, nothing for a loss. So right now, where we stand after six matches for each of these guys, Yotosuji's at seven points, Yuya Yumura is at six points, and Gabriel Kidd is at five. Yotosuji is three, two, and one over the course of his first six matches. Yuya Yumura is three and three. And Gabriel Kidd is 2-3-1. and one. When it comes to something like match length, these guys are running much shorter than your traditional G1 block uh, competitors, besides maybe Toriano, uh, with an average match length of 8.45 for the full block. So Yotasuji and Gabriel Kidd are running a little longer than that because they had a great 15-minute time limit draw just the other night. And so they're landing in the nine-minute range. So Yotasuji at 9.07, Gabriel Kidd at 9.20, whereas Yuya Uemura is still sitting at um, 7.48 for that average match length. So, so as we roll into the second half of the tournament, these guys will continue to beat each other up in what I've found a lot of enjoyment in, the, the opening Young Lion match that runs pretty quick before we get into the real true G1 match. So unofficial C block this year, very simple. It's just the simple singles matches, and we don't have a lot of kind of complex who pinned who's um, going on with the kind of undercard tags. We will continue to monitor these guys and watch them grow throughout this tournament. It's been what I believe to be a really awesome opportunity for them to get in front of a, some big crowds and compete in some really competitive and awesome singles matches. So that's probably enough on the C block. We will return to them. I will probably just drop that in as I see fit as we go through the remainder of this tournament. So let's take a peek at the B block now. So the big block, the big boys block, B. So right now we've got, like I said, seven guys within two points at the top of the block. And those seven guys are Tetsuya Naito, Toriyano, Juice Robinson, Kenta, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Evil. So Naito, Yano, Robinson, all at six points. So they're actually leading the block. And then Kenta, Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Evil coming in with four. So still within that one-day range of dropping themselves onto the top of the block. At the bottom, we've still got Hiroki Goto. Yoshihashi and Sonata, they're all within two matches. We've got five matches left for everyone. They're by no means eliminated or even close to that, but they are uh, fighting an uphill battle here. The statistics, the kind of times and, and whatnot, what we've got is that Tetsuya Naito is carrying a lot of the weight. He's been in all four main events. His average match length, 26-12 right now. Everyone's bringing their all against the IWGP heavyweight champion. His total match length over those four matches, one hour, 44 minutes, and 50 seconds. On the other end of the spectrum, the other one of the other two competitors at six points is Toriano, averaging six minutes and 12 seconds, so literally exactly... 20 minutes shorter per match for a Toriano match than a Tetsuya Naito match. His total match length, 24-46. So shorter than the average 
single Tetsuya Naito match. And as we go through the as we as we get closer to the end here and and we cross the midpoint of the tournament, it's going to be really important to keep an eye on key tiebreakers. And and the way I define a key tiebreaker is a tiebreaker over a wrestler within two points of the top of the block. So being within two points of the top of block is important because if a wrestler is within two points of the lead, it is possible for them to tie with the leader um, during the next card. So in, in, in New Japan block tournaments, if there's a tie, the person who won the head-to-head match between the tied competitors is declared the winner if they tie for the win. So it's really important to keep an eye on who has beaten who, as well as how many wins do they have. So for those top seven guys, we can look at what we call a key tiebreaker. And at the top, we've got Tetsuya Naito. He's actually the only person on this list with two key tiebreakers. So he has beaten Hiroshi Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. of this top seven group. Toriyano has only defeated uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Juice Robinson has only defeated Toriyano. Kenta has only defeated Zack Sabre Jr. Hiroshi Tanahashi has only defeated Juice Robinson. Zack Sabre Jr. has only defeated Evil. And Evil has only defeated Kenta of this group. So like I said, Naito, you've got to figure he's the front runner here, especially with two top-tier tiebreakers coming out. And like I said, we'll, we'll continue to monitor key tiebreakers as things hopefully start to separate here going through the midpoint of the tournament. Now, let's take a look at each of the matches on tonight's card. The main event will feature two legends of this millennium facing off for just the second time in their storied careers as Hiroshi Tanahashi takes on Kenta. In their first meeting during last year's G1 Climax Tournament, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kenta met in Kenta's first match back in Japan after spending nearly five years in the United States, competing mostly in the NXT brand of WWE. Kenta defeated the Ace in just over 18 minutes in the middle of his four-match winning streak to begin last year's G1. That was when we believed Kenta's allegiance stood with Katsuyori Shibata and NJPW's LA Dojo. That alignment led NJPW fans to believe Kenta would fight in New Japan in good faith, and Kenta vs. Hiroshi Tanahashi was a long-standing dream match that would establish supremacy with honor. As we know, Kenta's time fighting in NJPW honorably was a short one. At the end of his five-match losing streak to finish last year's tournament, Kenta aligned with Bullet Club, and that is the Kenta who we know now. Hiroshi Tanahashi, on the other hand, hasn't changed since last year's tournament. He is still the same fan-favorite ace that NJPW fans have known for decades. Tanahashi looks to stay within reach of the top of the block standings, and he now has the honor of New Japan Pro Wrestling to fight for against Kenta, who continues to utilize nefarious means and Bullet Club shenanigans to gain victory over the rest of the NJPW roster. Tanahashi enters this match with four points. Kenta also enters this match with four points. So this is a great separator here in our main event of the evening. So there's not a ton to go over here in the details of their history. They do only have the one match against each other, an 18-minute and 35-second match at Ota City General Gymnasium on the second night of the A Block last year. 
Kenta and Tanahashi have both averaged almost exactly 16 and a half minutes to accomplish their victories during this year's tournament, but Tanahashi's 27 minute and 16 second loss to Tetsuya Naito on the first night of B Block kind of. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing, you know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card-collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Competition may have lingered with the ace through the first half of the tournament. Uh, Tanahashi should be about as rested as he can be coming off of three days off as he enters his second main event in this year's tournament. Tanahashi will have to win four of his last five matches to meet his five-year G1 points average of 12. Um, Seems like a long shot there. Tanahashi hasn't looked great coming into this match, but we will see. Uh, He's one of those guys who can always turn it on for the G1. Kenta needs to win three of his last five to improve over his eight-point performance in his first G1, which was last year. If we drill down and look at 2020, Kenta enters this match 6-4 in singles matches on the year. He started off his year with two consecutive losses, a Wrestle Kingdom loss to Hiroki Goto, losing the Never Openweight Championship, and a double title challenge to Tetsuya Naito at New Beginning in Osaka. 
He then had almost exactly six months off before rattling off five straight victories through the New Japan Cup USA and his G1 and his first G1 Climax match against Hiroki Goto. Since then, he has traded wins and losses through the remainder of the first half of the tournament. Hiroshi Tanahashi is an uncharacteristic 3-4 singles record in 2020 coming into his match with Kenta, but he has won his last two, defeating Juice Robinson and Yoshihashi to score his four points in this year's tournament. So this will be a telling match, I think, to tell us who's on the upward trajectory and who is going to potentially just focus on improving upon last year's results or playing spoiler as we see who crosses the midpoint over 500 and who crosses under 500 between these two. Traveling down the card in the semi-main event, we'll have Yoshihashi and Tetsuya Naito. Yoshihashi entering with just the two points and Tetsuya Naito entering at the top of the block with six. Dating all the way back to January 5th of this year, Tetsuya Naito's last eight singles matches have been booked in the main event. Such is life as the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion, but oftentimes the G1 Climax tournament provides a respite from those ever-challenging main events. It took a match with Yoshihashi to move Tetsuya Naito one slot down the card, but that may not provide Tetsuya Naito an opportunity to relax just yet. While it may not have produced uh, more than one result in the win column, Yoshihashi has been his best self during this year's tournament proving to the rest of the field that he can compete in the most grueling professional wrestling tournament on the planet for years to come. Through four matches in this year's G1, Tetsuya Tetsuya Naito's matches have averaged 26 minutes and 12 seconds. Naito's matches against Zack Sabre Jr., Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Sonata are now three of the nine longest G1 block matches to end in a decision. Yoshihashi has been more competitive in this year's tournament than any other year he has participated in before. His 16 minute and 48 second average match length is more than 4 minutes longer than the 12 minutes and 40 second average he had produced in the G1 before entering this tournament. Yoshihashi is still just 9-22 in G1 Climax matches all time with a winning percentage of 290, but, it se- but he seems to have moved out of the risk zone to meet Tomoaki Honma at the bottom of the G1 Climax all-time winning percentage list. Tetsuya Naito, on the other hand, has a nice uh, even 600 winning percentage with 57 wins and 37 losses in the all-time G1. Naito has now spent over an entire day of his life, 24 hours, competing in G1 Climax matches. It's not easy to be champion. Uh, Tetsuya Naito enters this match with nine singles matches under his belt in 2020. Eight of his nine matches have lasted longer than 26 minutes, only his victory over Hiroki Goto earlier in the G1 tournament was a uh, was shorter than 26. So every one of Naito's singles matches this year have been longer than his 2019 average of 18 minutes and 43 seconds. Head-to-head, Tetsuya Naito and Yoshihashi have faced each other six times in their career. Tetsuya Naito has won all six. Two of those matches, in all fairness, were as young Lions in 2008, but eight years later, their series returned in 2016, and they've faced each other four times since then. Still, uh, Tetsuya Naito 
is undefeated against Yoshihashi. They've met twice in G1 Climax uh, in 2016 and 2017, both obviously Tetsuya Naito winners. In the middle of the G1 Climax block matches, we'll see former IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion Evil take on former United States champion Juice Robinson. Robinson enters this match with Evil at 3-1, and one, and with just one more win over, the, over his last five matches, Juice will match his previous G1 high of 8 points. Evil looks to improve on his 2-2 two two record in this year's tournament in his third match ever against Juice Robinson. Evil's track record against Juice Robinson is good, he has defeated the flamboyant one in both of their previous meetings. But, Evil and Juice Robinson have both transformed at least once since their last meeting in 2017. Juice has come out of the gates hot in this year's tournament, winning three of his first four matches and only losing to the legendary Hiroshi Tanahashi. Evil has bounced between the win and loss column thus far in the tournament, most recently defeating Kenta in a battle for Bullet Club supremacy. Tournament to date, only 88 seconds separates Evil and Juice Robinson in total match length. Juice has been much more efficient in his victories, though, winning matches in just over 13 minutes, while Evil, frequently utilizing his manager, Dick Togo, needs 16 and a half minutes to put his opponents away. I guess a little bit of a fun fact here, this will be Evil and Juice Robinson's first singles match outside of the storied Corican Hall. Their previous two matches... Uh, we're in Corican, one during the Road to Destruction in 2016, and one during the G1 Climax uh, in 2017. From the top of the card, second from the bottom of the G1 Climax block matches, we're going to have Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. Sonata and Zack Sabre Jr. will meet in a Wrestle Kingdom 14 rematch in the second B-block match of the night. These two first met in March of 2018 in the semifinal of the New Japan Cup that Zack Sabre Jr. would go on to win. Since then, they have wrestled four more times, trading victories between G1 Climax matches, those are Sonata wins, and RevPro British Heavyweight Championship matches, those are Zack Sabre wins. History and trends would suggest that Sonata is in line for the victory here, as the RevPro Undisputed British Heavyweight Championship was on the line during their most recent matchup, and the Cold Skull is 2-0 against ZSJ during the G1, defeating him in 2018 and 2019. Sonata will look for a three-peat as he attempts to leverage his momentum he created, defeating Los Ingobernables de, de Japón leader and IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion Tetsuya Naito just the other night in his hometown of Niigata. Sonata left it all in the ring three nights ago, defeating Naito in a noticeably exhausting match. Zack Sabre Jr. enters his match with Sonata on the other end of the rest spectrum. He defeated Hiroki Goto in less than four minutes in his most recent block match, and he is two matches removed from his own lengthy war with Tetsuya Naito. Zack will look to get into the G1 win column against Sonata as he attempts to stay in the heart of the wide-open B block. Just taking a look at their last match in the tournament, I think it's going to be important to recognize that Zack Sabre Jr. will come into this match super rested. Uh, if we remove Toriyano matches completely, Zack Sabre Jr.'s 359 victory over Hiroki Goto is the 19th shortest G1 match of all time. With Yano included, it only moves up to 37th. Uh, the last time a match that short occurred in the G1 without Toriyano was 2011. Sonata, on the other hand, he took 
a beating from Tetsuya Naito. Uh, winning, though, in, in 27 minutes and 8 seconds. They were noticeably exhausted at the end of that match, though. Now, they've had a, a couple of days to recover, or Sonata specifically has had a couple of days to recover, but I would be surprised to see him come out with kind of super rested energy. So it'll be interesting to see. In 2020, Sonata is 5-7, and seven, but his negative 6 minutes and 34 second win-loss differential is the second worst in 2020. Better only than Los Ingobernables de Japón faction mate Bushi. Sonata's poor performance here is particularly jarring because he has participated in the fourth most singles matches in New Japan this year with 12. So this will be the sixth match between Zack Sabre Jr. and Sonata. Sonata looking to even their head-to-head history in another G1 Climax victory. And two of the three wrestlers who enters this year's tournament with over 100 G1 Climax matches under their belt will open the B-Block contests on the card from Hiroshima. Toriyano looks to continue his Cinderella story and stay atop the block standings, while Hiroki Goto looks to tap into what has historically driven him to success in past G1 Climax tournaments. Toriyano will enter this uh, match with 6 points, Hiroki Goto with 2. And the only wrestler in this year's tournament who has participated in more G1 Climax matches than both of these guys, Toriyano and Hiroki Goto, is Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, Toriyano is at 114 G1 matches in his career. Hiroki Goto now at 106. Hiroshi Tanahashi is at 146. Now, there's no way to tease a time limit draw through the statistics here. Over the past decade, Goto and Yano have participated in three of the 18 shortest G1 block matches in history. So, since 2014, when they started to meet in the G1 Climax this past decade, their match times go as such. 1 minute and 21 seconds, 2 minutes and 17 seconds, 1 minute and 42 seconds. So, over the last 10 years, Goto and Yano have wrestled three times in the G1, totaling 5 minutes and 20 seconds. If we add their 2008 G1 match to complete their series in the tournament, we come to a total of 17 minutes and 11 seconds over the course of four G1 Climax matches, not even two minutes longer than this tournament's single match average of 15 minutes and 20 seconds. So my advice when you turn on this match, don't blink once that first bell rings. It may end and it can end either direction. These guys are 5 and 5 historically against each other. So that's all I've got for you today. We've previewed all 5 of the G1 Climax B block matches on the October 6th card. I'll be back tomorrow to preview the October 7th A block card also from Hiroshima Sun Plaza and headlined by a first time matchup of Kota Ibushi and Shingo Takagi. Of course, you can find this preview in written form at VoicesOfWrestling.com, and you can give me a follow on Twitter at TheChrisSampsa to interact with me during the G1. I appreciate you giving me a listen, and I will see you next time on the Sport of Pro Wrestling Podcast.